All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast. I'm your host, Jake Wakely. Uh, Jersey Joe is with us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> just uh, just waiting on a couple guests here, just waiting on our uh, our good friend Jim Berringer and Alex from the Hockey Writers. And then we'll... All right, there's Jim. What's up, players? <laughs> Players, how about that big playmaker named Jack Hughes? That time. I I told you out there that his swagger dagger was basically going consistent all game long. Too bad that Palmieri one was a little off. I'm surprised they didn't. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get into that one. <laughs> um, Alex, I know um... – We'll get to, we'll get to it at some point in the show, but um, I guess maybe at some point we'll get you to dissect maybe the article that you put out today. Uh, yeah, there wasn't really too much in it, really, other than the Arendelle uh, stuff. I guess most of it was just kind of following up on some, you know, of the news that was out there about Jesper Bratt, Vatten, and Heischer's just kind of some updates on them. So, yeah, we could get into that. Okay, um, I think it's it's pretty much safe to say like you know we're recapping the game but basically name of this episode is probably the jack hughes mckenzie blackwood game i mean you could say that you could say that about the last two games pretty much pretty much yeah but um where so where do you well so we devils win four three celebration celebration they were outshot what fifty to twenty eight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like like two to one ratio. Like and, Alex, I think the, and I think the Rangers had what seventy four shot attempts. Yeah, yeah that's, that's at correct. all. So I think Alex and I were kind of talking about this, like in the middle of the game, like besides like the first ten minutes, and you know, like they had the Devils have they capitalized on the chances that were given to them. They didn't honestly, like. I wouldn't say they weren't. Um, they just weren't. They weren't skating well, and they weren't making. Well, they were skating, I guess, but they weren't making smart decisions. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, there's just some bonehead decisions watching this game, and I was like, really, like. And then it was just penalty after penalty after penalty, and it was like, oh my, like, were the refs bad? Were there some of them that were kind of like, yeah? I'm like, yeah, but. Aren't most calls like that in the NHL nowadays? Like, you basically touch the guy and he's friggin' it's two minutes for friggin' slashing or hooking or whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, I thought it was a good start. Um, A little bit of a bad ending, but they survived. They just don't – they don't say how. They just say how many when it comes to goals and wins. This isn't um, the BCS. There's no college football committee. There's no style points. It's straight up. You win, you get in, and you get in the standings, you get two points. And to be honest, they deserve to win this game in regulation. For periods of time, I thought that they outplayed the Rangers, capitalized on their chances. 
got the big goals when they needed to scoring what 32 seconds in the game. That's, you know, that's the way to start it. That's the way you want to do it. But getting hemmed into your zone for most of the third period was not ideal. And it almost caught them in the butt. And the big gripe I have is the, the PK wasn't the greatest tonight. Too many, too many uh, power play goals. And I mean, they did get the one power play goal to, to out, uh, to even out pretty much, but the Rangers still, uh, led in that category, but they needed that power play goal to, you know, win this game. Yeah, the third period for me was too gut-wrenching. Like, I could just feel my pulse just, like, the whole entire last five minutes. Just, like, you know, they like Jake was saying to me behind the scenes, like, they really need to, like, stop playing dumb penalties and start – and I said, well, they not. it's not about just playing smart. It's about playing wiser, that they got to be more disciplined. Yeah, I agree there that the penalties were really – I mean, they weren't a deciding factor in the game because the Devils ended up winning. But, like, if you look at the the five-on-five numbers for the game, they weren't really that lopsided. It was kind of it's kind of close. Like, shot attempts at five-on-five were only 53-44 for the Rangers, which is not, like – it's not terrible. But, like, they gave the Rangers so many power play opportunities that – um they just, I mean, they really skewed the shot totals. And, like, the Rangers were getting some good looks on the power play. But Blackwood, in the third period, was really just standing on his head. Made a couple of really, really good saves to keep that game at 4-3. So, if they hadn't taken as many penalties, I'm not really sure this would have been as close of a game. Because it was sort of even at 5-on-5, five five, which maybe like a little bit of a lean towards the Rangers. But... Yeah, they got to cut down on the penalties, especially with the penalty kill kind of struggling right now. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I agree. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just looking at the highlights right now of the game. They're showing it on um, uh, NHL tonight. And that first power play goal is just, I mean, it's bad luck. Know, it was just bad puck luck. I mean, Blackwood was in position. It just, you know, he slid across, it just goes into the net. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed tonight, and I've been really impressed with the way Jack Hughes has been playing all year. I mean, this kid, most, you know, I don't know if we might have, I don't know if we would have seen this Jack Hughes if he only had three to four months to train or maybe five to six months to train in the offseason. Having 10 months definitely helped him and helped his game because he is a different player out there. He looks like the guy, I know, Alex, you were tweeting about it. I was. He looks like the player that was drafted number one overall. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it, especially in that second period when he just kind of went on the heater there with two goals, and he should have had, you know, an assist on uh, – he would have had an assist on uh, P.K. Subban's goal if that were onside. So, uh, I mean, they're not winning that game without him playing the way he did in Mackenzie Blackwood. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great effort by him. And if he had uh, gotten an assist on Subban's goal, I – Saw some people say that he would have uh, been leading the NHL in points uh, by the end of the night. So uh, I don't know if that probably stands anymore since he lost that assist. But yeah, he's been really good. I think he's tied with Hall now with with points. Yeah, it might it might be. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> that's it's amazing to just see how we moved on from Hall and just enjoying the the fruits of Jack already. He's just great dividends. Yeah, the question the the question I have, okay, like I, I not so much to do with like Jack Hughes, right? Because you want to uh, 
like you want to keep you want to keep your lines sort of intact, right? Because it helps you build chemistry as the games go along, right? Practice games, everything. So they have like Sharon Gold, Jim. You and I have talked about it. Um, they've had Sharon Gold and Paul Mary playing with them, but once he sure comes back, like Paul Mary hasn't scored yet, and you know, like it's not cause for concern because we're only three games in. Like the goals are going to come for him. But do you put – would you put Paul Mary back with Heischer because they have so much chemistry together? Like, it's just they, – they know where each other is on the ice. It's just they, they play different with each other. They click. I mean, it all depends on when Heischer comes back. I mean, if it's in February and but and Paul Mary's starting to pick up chemistry with Jack Hughes, I don't know. Um, if he struggles, then yeah. But again, it all depends on when he sure comes back. I mean, the, the dude's not even skating yet. So, and there's really no timetable upon his return. Nobody really knows anything about that, um, which is uh, concerning. But, um, I mean, I see your point on it because they've had chemistry. Um, I mean, it's three games in, so I'm not really going to worry about it because Kyle's putting himself in positions to score. Um, but the big thing for me is like, I don't know, like, when when these guys come back, like, when Brat comes back, and we'll get to it later on, are you really breaking up this third line right now? I mean, and the fourth line, to be exact. They remind me of Gianta, Carter, and Bernier. I mean, even though they're not scoring fast, physical, getting chances, I mean, I don't know if you break those lines up. I will put it out no. there. I'll put it out there that that fourth line with Bash and McLeod, the Bash brothers, I call that line the New Jersey Steelhead line because they're the two Steelheads that really play with each other very well. They bring a lot of the flavor, the a lot of the excitement, the physicality, the grit that, you know, kind of like you're talking about that Gianta line that can really just wear out a team's defense. It just I saw that tonight, and I just wish Bastion at the – near end of the third period didn't get a little too rough where the Rangers were going on that last couple of power plays. I think it's uh, like if you're going to mix up the lines, like I agree with Jill, like that, that fourth line has been pretty nice, but I think if you're going to bring one, he sure and Jesper Brad come back. I think the solution is pretty easy just to put them with Nikita Gusev. Cause that line with Zaka Johnson and uh, Gusev is not really clicking right now. I thought they had a really bad night tonight. Um, if Sharon Govich, uh, Paul Murray and Hughes keep, you know, playing the way they are, they just, well, they'll become the second line once Brat, Heischer are back, or you can just kind of like mix up their ice time between first and second line minutes. So yeah, I think that's like the simple solution. And then you would have Johnson, like maybe move down with, uh, Travis Zajac and, um, Jesper Boquist. So yeah, so but I see you're taking Miles Wood off that third line. Yeah, I mean, and then you'd have Woody, um, maybe you'd have Wood with Zaka on the fourth line, and then you'd have either McLeod or Bastion on the right wing. Okay. I mean, that's still, I mean, this is a good problem to have. Exactly, you yeah. Good problem? Yeah, no. This is actually a good problem to have that, like, you <laughs> want to be talking about, okay, what roster moves are you going to be making and – um, the depth chart, and that's actually a good problem. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially when Nico does come back, you know, you bring in the center who 
brings in a lot of leadership, but also brings in a lot more discipline. So maybe during a Devils Ranger game type situation, you'll have maybe in theory less. So maybe keep more points on the board. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I agree. I mean, having Heisher back in a leadership role is definitely important for this team. I mean, I think a couple of pen- I think a couple of penalties early on were, you know, especially the one where they just only took the one guy and for roughing. I think you either take you either take two or you take none. You just don't take one in that situation. But again, you know, that's just you know, it's part of the game, and that's what's going to happen. Especially if you're a rookie in the league, they're probably just going to take one guy. Um, but I thought they played well enough to win. Um, I think you know if if the Palmieri goal doesn't get called back on the offsides, they're probably running away with this game um, because it's five two and they they just have all the momentum. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think like. And like you were saying, like you guys were saying, like trying to figure out the lines, it's a good th- it's a good problem to have. Like when Brad and Heesher come back, but like you know, like I was I was talking to one of my buddies behind the scenes who's an Avalanche big Avalanche fan. And you know, like he's you know, he's excited about Byron coming up eventually, right, to play with McCarr, but like like I was saying to him was the Devils are doing all this without Brat, Heischer, and Vatanen playing. How much better are they going to be if they keep playing like this when those guys come back? Plus, you're seeing even if the Devils, like the Devils are off to a hot start, if they make the playoffs, that's awesome. That's great. We're all happy. And even, But even if they don't, you're seeing them the way they're playing right now is these young guys like Hughes and Smith and, you know, they're all – playing with confidence and they're taking a, a further step in their development and continuing to improve. And that's a huge sign, you know, not for the team and management, right. And the coaching staff, but like even for us as fans, because you factor that in as they continue to impress and develop and play as well as they are right now. And you factor in next year, if you, if you have Holtz and like, as they continue to develop and stuff like this and Nolan foot, like this team's really is set up pretty nicely for the future. It's just, just kind of had to be a little patient, but obviously some of it's starting to pay off with Blackwood, Smith, and uh, Hughes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is a season where, you know, it's going to be like the hot water is going to test every single player, especially before the expansion draft happens. You want to know which player is going to make that final cut and who you're going to protect and see who else is exempt and you want to see those core pieces stay intact going into 21 and 22 season so this is a good problem to have to see who wants to be here and what other contracts can be staying or going so you you can have some moving pieces later in april yeah i mean and you can even you know you gotta remember like Going off that a little bit, it's like, remember, like, obviously Ty Smith has looked really good, Jack Hughes, but then, like, Sharon Govich has looked really good, too. And then I think uh, someone who kind of stood out tonight, um, even though their defense, well, if you look at the shot totals, you wouldn't think their defense played well, but I thought Ryan Murray was really good again. 
Um, that's looking like it's was a really, really good pickup. And, you know, Joe's talking about the expansion draft. Like, I know Murray's a free agent, but, like, if he keeps playing this well and he stays healthy, they're going to want to re-sign him. So that's someone, like, you'd probably want to protect because he really – I think he's probably – after Severson, he's probably been the devil's best defenseman to start the season. I would agree on that, and I think it's helped P.K. Subban's game. Yeah. Well, besides the fact that he's actually focusing on, on hockey and not social media and Instagram and all that stuff, um, he is he is playing really well, and it's definitely helped Subban. You could see it. He's a different player this year. I mean, you know, no one expects him to be the Montreal P.K. Subban, but he has that fire in his eye. He's looking to prove people wrong, and – you know, it's a, it's a shame that that goal didn't stand up because, I mean, he put himself in the right position, good feed, good pass. But I think he's been playing real – had a good – had several key blocks on that power play for the Rangers late in the third period. And I agree, Ryan Murray's been a great pickup. And if he can stay healthy and play well, I think that's a player the Devils are going to definitely want to keep around. Yeah, I absolutely thought Ryan Murray was pretty – calm cool and collected after that little redirect came out right off his skate which was very unfortunate but looking at his um play during the game he just really bounced back a lot and he was creating a lot of you know opportunities for the team to expand on and uh jack hughes had himself a big game obviously and ty smith you know we all love to see he's just He's looking really just calm under pressure. This team is starting to like be so battle tested mentally. It's just it's hard for um, Lindy Ruff to even be- bench a guy. Yeah, and like that's uh, we were just talking about it like before too. Like if it's tough to bench a guy, you know, you're gonna want to have that problem. Like Ty Smith looked really good tonight. The only like or mostly looked really good. The only moment where he kind of looked like a rookie was when Brendan Lemieux kind of just blew past him and he took a penalty there in the third period. That's when you kind of got reminded like, oh yeah, this guy's a rookie, you know, forgot. But I think, you know, as a whole, you can't really complain about what he's done. And I think the devil's defense just in general has been good, uh, at least at five on five. I mean, I know they gave up 50 shots on goal tonight, but a lot of that had to do with the Rangers getting so many power play opportunities. I think at 5-on-5, five five, the Devils' defense was pretty solid again for the most part. So that was definitely another positive to take away. They only gave up, what, one even strength goal of the three tonight? The other two were power play goals, right? Yeah. That is correct because yeah. now, now every team is giving up a five on, even strength goal. Yeah, so I think at even strength, they were mostly pretty good again tonight. I think the Rangers were two and four on the power play. They had to have, yeah. they only yeah. had four power play opportunities. No, I thought they were two for or, five. On the I think power it was the five. Uh, two for five. Yeah, it felt like they had like ten. Honestly, with all the shots that they got off, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Their power play is scary when it's clicking. They got some weapons on it. I got a question about the benching because you guys were talking about being benched and stuff. Yeah, the only question I have for during the game was. Was Gusev and Janssen benched in the third period? That line had the least amount of even strength ice time today. They were bad. They were, all their expected goals were like below 30%. And I, yeah, yeah, they were not good. I think Lindy Ruff knew he, that wasn't an accident. He gave that line the least uh, even strength ice time because they just, they were having an off night. Is it, have you guys found that Gusev has, um, 
I know it's only three games, but has he impressed you guys that much, like, in the last three games? Because, like, I've, I haven't been that impressed. I don't know. Obviously, it, hopefully it improves, but. I mean, like I said, I think I said this on, like, the first podcast we did after the first game. It stinks for Gusev because he was coming on at such the right time for, and then the COVID-19 paused the season. And now it feels like he has to start from scratch all over again, learning the NHL game. I mean, that's not an excuse, but it's it's the reality of the situation. Not to mention he had a new kid. I mean, like, it's tough. I mean, but, I mean, he had a bad night. I expect I expect him to pick his game up. I, I think he's a better player than, than what we've seen. Same with Janssen. I, I, Janssen's probably a new situation, um, but... I agree with Alex. I think maybe when like he sure comes back or something, maybe you know Gusev will uh, be able to, you know, show his touch again. You know, playing with different guys. I I know you know Gusev and I. I was it Gusev, Ma, uh, Gusev, Zajac, and was it Miles Woodlock? Coleman, and then, then I I don't know who he Coleman, played with yeah, after with Coleman left. Rock solid together. So, I mean. It, it, it's tough. It's three games. I'm not going to overreact to it yet. Um, talk to me in game 10. Then uh, you may have a different answer. Yeah, I agree there. Like, I just think that Janssen and uh, Zaka aren't really great fit as line mates for Kusev. So we'll just have to wait and see when Jesper and Nico get back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think next, like, we play Thursday at 7 against the Islanders, right? So in in. We're on the road. Yes. Right? Yeah. No. They're going. Yeah. They're going to the island. Okay. So like the Devils, um, the Devils are basically like the goal scoring was good. Keep that up, but like they're gonna they're gonna need a better performance going into Thursday because like the Rangers are a high powered offensive team, but I just think offensively, some t- maybe more so than not. I think it gets overlooked sometimes. I think the Islanders are a better offensive team than the Rangers are. I t- I don't know yeah, I'm not so that. sure about that either. I'm not sure about that. No, I can weigh in on that. The, I find the Islanders to be defensively offensive, like the t- really true two-way team where they play defense first because of lose style, and then you create offense. And then if you can see the way they – the Isles played, they did the game before they got shut out, like the way they scored multiple goals on the Rangers and the shutout. That's the kind of team that you're going to want to play wiser against. So, yeah, that can lead to a lot of, like, missed opportunities. I, I actually think the matchup with the Islanders is better for the Devils, to be than honest. Than the Rangers, yeah. yeah. Because they both play defensive style. So – it's not like a lot of teams are going to – they're not going to be giving up, like, a lot of shots. And both teams – I mean, outside of today's game, I think both teams are pretty disciplined. Like, and you're going – you know the Islanders aren't going to give you much. And and they don't – I want to say they don't score much because they can score. But the thing is, they take advantage of the opportunities that are given to them. And they work for every inch of ice. And, and I see that – with the de- this young Devils team, they're learning to work on, on the ice too and figure out, yeah, it's not going to just come easy. They're going to have to go win puck battles. And I think 
the Islanders are a good matchup for him. Yeah, and we saw that a little bit against the Bruins. Like, those were more tight checking, like, you know, kind of games where the Devils have to go out there and win, win puck battles. And because the Bruins, they're never going to make life easy on you. And it's going to be similar against the Islanders. I think the difference between the Islanders and the Rangers is that, like, the Rangers, like, they're not a deep team, but, like, the people they have that can score can really score. Like, Zabinajad, Kreider, Panarin, those are all really, like, high powered offensive players the islanders like they have matt barzell but aside from him like they got some good players there like anders lee and josh bailey but they're not like they don't have the f- offensive firepower that like panarin or zibanejad do so it'd probably be a totally different uh game on thursday night than what we saw tonight yeah i look forward to those big physical board battles like if the devil's fourth line can absolutely play the way they've been playing against the islanders it's going to help the Devils increase their odds of winning. But if they can figure out that third line, it would be beautiful. But um, I think the team just needs to smarten up a little bit against the Islanders because they're very good, rounded, young, and veteran mixed team. Yeah, and they got the Devils are going to have they're going to have to keep scoring too because. Um... Like Semyon Varlamov's been playing very, very well for the Islanders. Yeah, but yeah, he's been ridiculous. What two shutouts, right? And his two starts. Yeah, so, yeah. He, he might have had a third if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, by Sor- uh, and yeah, and Sorokin had to start that night. Yeah, yeah, he was like the first goaltender to do back-to-back shutouts since like Darcy Kemper. Yeah, that's what I saw on NHL Network earlier in early in the day. That's crazy. Well, I guess if you're looking at the bright, if you're trying to look at like the glass half full from the Devils' side, if he starts on Thursday, you know he's got to give one up eventually. So, yeah, I mean, it's eventually you're gonna have to pull. I mean, eventually one's gonna go in the net. I mean, guys can't have shutouts the whole year, so <laughs> it's 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 eventual. I mean, Jim, how much are you gonna bet on the Devils' Isles game? <laughs> uh, I'm not touching that game. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not touching that game. That's one game I'm not touching. Why is that? Explain to the listeners. It's just it's too unpredictable. Two defensive teams. If anything, the only thing I would take on that game, to be honest, would be the under. I wouldn't even bet. I, that's the only thing I would do. Yeah, that'd probably be a I good would, bet. I mean, that's probably the bet I'm taking is the under. But other than that, I'm not. I'm not touching the game. <laughs> so. What okay, so realistically, um, Jim, do you have any inside scoop from anything behind the scenes? Um, well, I mean, I will say what was interesting today in, in 31 Thoughts from Elliot Friedman was the stuff about Tom Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was odd. And his contract and Miles Wood that was, I found that in, very, very interesting. But the stuff about Fitzgerald is, um, you know. Eye-opening, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, they also uh, the story is they give him they talk long-term deal. Apparently, he has one, but but in the new position, it's only a one-year contract. Is it a prove-it deal? Is it one year to turn this team around? Like, who else are they looking at? I mean, to me, I, I thought he deserved at least two, three years. I mean, to be honest, what he did at the trade deadline, but unless he like you know, the other position that he was in. But I thought Tom Fitzgerald was the right man for the job. And I don't know. I mean, you could have probably argued maybe, 
you know, Mike Fuda out of L.A. or, you know, somebody else. But, I mean, I thought Fitzy is doing a great job for these Devils. I mean, he made, you know, smart trades at the deadline. You know, you thought, you know, you thought they had the signing with Crawford. Unfortunately, they didn't have it. And then, he, you know, the, the word was that, you know, if Dell was ever released, Aaron Dell, the goalie from um, Toronto, was ever put on waivers, the Devils were going to get go after him, and they did. So, I mean, he, he knows how to scout players, and, you know, he's got this team in a position for progress, and I think he deserves to, a chance to see it out, not just one year. So, are we all in agreement for Tom Fitzgerald to get a, a three-season extension? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I just wonder if the whole COVID situation had something to do with him only getting a year since they hired him in the middle of the summer when it was just kind of like we're only like really a few months into the whole pandemic thing at that point. I just wonder yeah. if like the revenue loss and stuff like that had to do something with them not giving him a long-term deal. I mean, I don't really know. It's kind of odd. I'd never seen uh, something like that where like a GM only got a one-year contract. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that's going to mean going forward. I mean, if he keeps making the moves that he is, I would think that's, he's going to get a long-term deal at some point, but it was still weird to see. Yeah. It's unusual for like a GM to get a one-year deal, but I would have expected at least minimal two years. Yeah. I mean, at least like I thought he would probably would have gotten something like three, four years. I feel like that's what most GMs get when they sign a, a new deal. Uh, it was definitely strange. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree on that. I mean, what isn't strange though, is like, Look, this team is going to be in a position to win pretty much every night, as we've seen, because of Mackenzie Backwood. But for some reason, if they do struggle, but Miles Wood keeps this, you know, pace up and keeps playing well, he's an asset. He's a similar asset to Blake Coleman, where you could potentially sell off and and get good return for him. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it all depends on like where they are at the trade deadline. Like if they're in playoff yeah. contention, we'll see. There's so so much to go until then. Yeah. Like who would you think would be a great return for Miles Wood if you were to flip him? Oh man. I mean I mean if if Blake Coleman got you a uh Nolan Foot a first and I think that was Yeah, that was it. If so if Blake Coleman got you that, I don't see why Miles Wood couldn't get you something similar. Yeah, he's got what two years left on his deal, right? Something like that. Yeah. So he's got term. Yeah, he's got. I think this year and next left on his contract. I think I gotta go look that up later. But yeah, he could probably get a pretty good return if he keeps scoring at the rate he is too. Or do you think it would be a lot harder to trade him because he's really starting to fit the uh, Lindy Ruff style of hockey for the New Jersey Devils? I mean talk about up-tempo, I mean, he's playing that gritty style of hockey as well. Yeah, I feel like that's why, I mean, his situation is a little different than Coleman's too, because Coleman was, what, 29 years old when they traded him, or 28, right? Yeah, Yeah. and also he had less, and he had less money. Yeah, and Miles Wood is 25, and his, I mean, his cap hit is a little more than Coleman's, but it's not, like, significantly more. No. I don't, I mean, if the Devils end up being sellers at the deadline, I just would think they would probably trade off some of like their impending uh, unrestricted free agents. I wouldn't see like 
I don't think they would trade a guy like Miles Wood. You'd probably see more likely it'd be like guys like Paul Mary and Gusev and Vatanen who would be traded instead. So are we projecting that if the Devils are keeping the pace that they're going at, that we could possibly extend Goose or Paul Mary by a couple years? Yeah, I don't see why not. Especially Paul Mary, you know, he's a New Jersey boy. Um He's been here with the team for a long time. I could see him getting an extension for sure. I don't know if they would resign both. I guess it depends how well they're doing, but um, yeah, yeah it's definitely possible. So, do you think it makes more sense if they sign just one though? Um, I probably. I mean, it de- like like Alex says, it depends really on on need at the time. I mean, to be honest, it, if both guys are playing well. I don't see why, like, especially for, like, a guy like Gusev, I mean, you could bridge him and and then figure out long-term after. I mean, I know he's I know he's an older player, but, I mean, he's, he's still got to adjust to the NHL. Um, Paul Mary, I, I would see, like, if, if Paul Mary's sticking around, I know it's, like, a hot topic, like, everywhere. Um, I'd probably – only probably, like, three, four years, to be honest. Anything longer than that, then – that's not a smart idea. So, theoretically, we all know Sidney Crosby did the $8.7 million deal when he was young. And do you think when Jack Hughes' contract is up, do you think you can see an $8.6 million extension? I mean, if he's playing like this. so He's, he's not he, getting 8.6. He's probably getting more, I would think. More. Yeah. 10 million? Get closer to ten. He's eligible for an extension this summer, right? Yeah. Because he'd have. I don't know. I I would be surprised if like they just signed him like that right away. But uh, I mean, if I mean it did with Heischer. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, yeah. I mean, if he keeps up at this pace and he ends up, let's say the Devils, Lord willing, they play all fifty-six games this season and he produces at a point per game pace. I mean, you know, that'd be eighty-two points over eighty-two games. It would, be really I mean, he'd be getting i don't want to say he'd be getting the mitch marner contract but he'd be probably getting close to like eight and a half nine million dollars even more it's definitely possible and when you go to re-sign him you're not giving him you're not giving him a three or four yeah he's getting contract. this he's you're getting the seven year deal yeah yeah you're getting eight oh right yeah yeah re-sign, I think. because he's a homegrown boy yeah so yeah he's definitely if He's going to get it. I mean, if this keeps up, he's getting paid. So there's no yeah. doubt about that. And chances are it's probably going to Yeah, be it's the way it looks like right now, it definitely looks like it's keeping up. Because I- that's what a lot of – like, that's a lot of things, like, I've read about with him, like, lately with this hot start. Like, it's not going unnoticed even up here in the media and anything like that. Well, don't forget, like, everybody and- kind of wrote him off last year. And – and, yeah, you know, I've said this other places too. Like I said on my show on Saturday, like expectations coming into the league, playing, you're a teenager playing in in a game, in a man's game with with it with a boy weight. You didn't put your man weight on. He still got more man weight to put on, and you could see it. Like now he's back to that player. Plus the year of development. I mean, it takes time to develop to play against. You know. NHL players and it's paying off the hard work's paying off and his year of development was last year transitioning to play against men 
he didn't have the college route like his like his brother or you know Austin Matthews went to play in Switzerland for a year like other guys have you know gone other places to do it or like the AHL route um but you know now his hard work is paying off he understands what's going to take to be night in night out and having 10 months off definitely helped his game and how how and like you said like he he had 10 months to put all that weight on and like i think even like i think somebody said on the broadcast will we see this big of a jump from jack hughes if he only had three four months maybe yeah i said it early on yeah so yeah so like there's that and how is we see how good he is this year. Wait till next year. Just imagine how good how how good he's gonna be in a couple years when he and even when he's like twenty three and twenty four. Yeah, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, there was a reason why the twenty nineteen draft was the Jack Hughes draft, not just in twenty nineteen, but for like two three years before. I mean, there was a ton of hype around this kid. Um, I mean, if and like you said, I think Jim just said it too. He still got plenty of room to put on more weight I and mean, he's still only 180 pounds he could probably easily go up to like 190 195 so um yeah i mean he could just get ridiculously he could get so much better in the next couple of seasons and it'd be weird because i know i saw cory prom was tweeting about there's another jack hughes in like the 2022 draft yeah yeah he's supposed there to be is. insane also yeah. he's supposed to, like could be a top five pick so that's gonna be weird. Could be two dominant Jack Hughes in the league in not too long. <laughs> yeah. It's... Can you imagine? Can you imagine just for a sec if the Devils were really bad in that draft? And that's <laughs> I'm not sure how. Like, how would you? That would be so confusing happen. to write about. Like, I don't even know how you would. I would be able to do it. Like, well, well, how, it would, well. It's funny because I don't know if any of you guys like saw the movie Major League Back to the Miners. But they had two guys named Juan mm-hmm. Lopez. One guy played short, and the other guy played second, and they couldn't tell them apart either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like me not, not being able to tell us indeed apart. I'm yeah, so bad well, with twins. Yeah, yeah. The, they would have the devils that have two Hughes twins when they're not even really twins. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. So it, it's crazy, but I, you know that's down the road. Yeah. Um, but we could get know, Luke Hughes if if things were a lot terrible. I mean, look, Jack yeah. Hughes has room to grow. Like I said, expectations on the kid coming in. Everybody crowned the kid the Calder Trophy winner. Like, they put all this pressure on him. And you could see it. And, and like, I, the reason I bring this up is because I hear, like, Ray Farrell talk about it, too. It's like expectations coming in the league. It's one thing to have them. It's another thing to, like, handle them and handle the pressure. And, like... Shesterkin will be fine. Like Sorokin will be fine. But you got like Lafreniere will be fine. But it's like, you know, you see Kaprizov for Kaprizov down in, in Minnesota. Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's been ridiculous. He was great. But he's playing the KHL. I mean, he's got a leg up on these guys. And it's just, again, just another comparable. You, it takes time to develop against like men. And, but everybody, all those guys that were drafted are fu- will be fine. But again, it's just expectations and how you handle them. And we see Jack Hughes. Uh, Jack Hughes didn't have a bad rookie year. It's just the expectations were just set too high. If they were set a little bit lower by fans and everybody else, I think everybody would be like, yeah, it's a great season. But a lot of people wrote him off. And it's like, oh, wait, 
wait, Jack Hughes can do this. It's like, yeah, it just needs time to develop. Yeah, people forget about, like, when you draft players, they're not going to always click, like, McDavid or any of those super star players. But, it, like you said, it takes a little bit longer for some, like, individually. Like, if you allow them to marinate, I use that term all the time, and we're seeing that marinating uh, process of Jack Hughes from the past 10 months. And it's, I said earlier, it, it has paid dividends, and we're going to only see – the dividends increase over the next couple seasons and even longer projection, especially with the next couple guys coming up with Muhammad Dulin in a couple of years, you have Gritschuk who's up this year. Um, you're going to see Holtz coming. So you got Mercer who's signed to an ELC. So there's a bunch of guys coming. Yeah. Like they've, they've got the pieces even now. I mean, you kind of see like they have some pieces who can play around them. Like Sharon Govich has not looked out of place on that line with him and Paul Mary. And then like, yeah, you're going to have Holtz coming at maybe next year. Uh, you know, you got Dawson Mercer is not too far off too. And then, yeah, you got depth players like Tice Thompson's having another good season in the NCAA. So like, there's definitely pieces coming up that'll be able to play around. With Hughes and you know, I, you sh- you saw why tonight. Tonight he showed why, like going forward, that yeah he can lead this team even with Nico Heischer out of the lineup. Like you just put the pieces around him and he'll make players better too. And if he keeps this up at this pace, Nico Heischer ain't the number one center on the team. He's moving down to number. The yeah, but you know point. that's like we were talking about, like having you know. With the bottom six, like how we'd have, you know, they'd have tough decisions to make. But like, if Hughes shows he can handle the first line center, then you have to bump Nico down to the second line. Like that's a good problem to have too, because then Nico can do his thing against you know the second line, you know, of the opposing team and their second line defense, which isn't as strong. Yeah, that might be a good thing for him too, because like I think Nico's a pretty good two way player, but I think a lot of people overrate his two way abilities too, like. I don't think he's like an elite defender yet. So like getting second line minutes could be a good thing for him. So yeah. we'll see if that happens. You know, I've been impressed with Dmitry Kulikov as a defenseman, like the like the second and third game so far, like being able to provi- provide stability on that left side, to me is is thought, actually comforting. I thought Kulikov was better tonight. He was good the first game, and I thought he was better. I thought he played a solid game tonight uh second game i didn't like from him but I, yeah other than that i mean yeah he's been fine i think um like my, we all agree that tennyson needs to get out of the lineup but lindy ruff's gonna stick with the same lineup if they're gonna keep yeah. winning right mm-hmm. but some like i read on twitter somebody said that like and you know maybe they're, they're probably right or lindy just has something against him i don't know Butcher must not have had a very good camp. I mean, I thought he looked all right, honestly. I thought he looked fine in the scrimmages. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's, you know, who, the, the, the players that play well together. And, you know, right now, the, mat, the, the pairings are working. Exactly. And, you know, you kind of, I kind of figured something would have been up with Butcher. But don't forget, Butcher because like coming you, back from an injury, too. And somebody, I think Lindy said that the, uh, Ann Fitzgerald said that, like, Ty Smith made this team 
due to, you know, the hard work that he put in, and he impressed. So maybe he just outplayed him in camp. And Lindy's like, I got to play this kid. I can't take him out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely impossible. I I don't know. I didn't think Kulikov was particularly good tonight. I thought it was actually his worst game uh, with the Devils yet. But they won again, so I can't imagine that Ruff is going to make some changes. Uh, but, I mean, if he were, I would probably try to – I thought Tennyson actually had a pretty nice game tonight. I, I wouldn't look to get him out of the lineup. If anything, I'd try to maybe switch Kulikov out for Butcher next game. But, you know, they won. So Butcher I, took warm-ups tonight. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, I didn't think he was going to play, though. But he's got to get in there at some point. So – Maybe he does on Thursday. Uh, I guess we'll see. But yeah, like we said before, I don't think Lindy's going to be making any changes because you know they're two zero and one right now. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you just can't like you can't just make a change just because you want to. It just wouldn't be right for the chemistry. Just it's better to have some predictability, which would really just help the momentum keep going. Yeah, and that's not something we saw about John Hines a lot. I mean, he was always mixing up his lines and defense pairs. So, you know, we played three games, and, you know, Ruff hasn't touched a single thing. It's been the same exact lines and line combinations and defense pairs. So um, I would imagine. And he's let them work Yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't, uh, you know. Hines would even like change up lines during in the middle of the games. I don't think Ruff has done that once. I think he's rolled the same exact lines out, you know, for every shift in a game. You don't see like Sharon Govich getting moved off a line with Hughes and Palmieri. He's he's been with Hughes and Palmieri the same the entire time. The same thing for Miles Wood with Travis Zajac and just Boquist. The defense pairs. I think Ruff has kind of mixed up a little bit. You know, in the first game, Ty Smith was getting some shifts with. Uh, Tennyson and Severson, but I mean, for the most part, you know, they've been the same, you know, all the time as well. Yeah. I I really think if Sharon Govich has a pretty good against the Islanders, I think he did a fabulous job just keeping the momentum going forward on that first line. It was harder to be moved off that first line. It's just if you keep seeing him progressing in this environment it's only going to get better for lindy ruff and the devils going forward each game yeah and he had a primary assist on hughes's first goal right sharon govich yeah i think he got it because he won the face off if it wasn't a primary assist he definitely had an assist on that goal so i know jake i know you wanted alex to touch on um what he wrote um, yeah, I guess we touch on Aaron. Yeah, let's yeah. touch on So, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I didn't, like, this is not any of, obviously, my own reporting about, like, Jesper Brad or Heischer, Vatanen. It's just kind of what, you know, whoever was out there. But it doesn't look like the Vatanen or Brad have gotten their work visas yet. And then Jim was, uh, was we were texting yesterday, and he, he asked me, like, did you see what Kasperi Kapanen said about, uh, getting his visa and like he applied for it in October and he just didn't get it approved until this month. So like I said this in the article too, like if you're expecting Brat and Vatanen to be in, you know, sometime soon, I mean, this whole visa process, we're, we're kind of hoping for early February, but like if, if it takes as long as it did for Kapanen, you know, we could be waiting quite some time here. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on going forward for the next, you know, however long it takes. 
Um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I, I mean, look. I mean, look. My biggest gripe. I mean, am I? Maybe it's not a gripe, but criticism, and it's probably nitpicky. But I will say, you had how long to get yeah. the deal done, and you get the and, and get the paperwork started. Like that's just my, just me. Maybe the process has changed, but I think it's probably going to be a little longer because of COVID and everything that's going on right now. But the fact of the matter you had, and I understand the salary cap plays a factor in it, but once you knew the salary cap wasn't changing, I mean, a a difference of a couple hundred thousand dollars, I mean, this deal really should have been worked on earlier than it was. So the process for the visa could have been started a lot earlier. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest problem here. I think we'll need to have an attorney from Sweden to explain this, that this, this whole entire uh, visa process to the U S because it, it would just be interesting to see what someone else outside of the U S would say. Yeah. Whoever's got a Swedish lawyer, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to find one of those. I mean, I could find somebody, I have a friend that works in immigration, but I mean, that's not really, I mean, it just t- it's just a t- it's just a process. Like I see it with a lot of people. It's just a process. It's just paper. It's just government paperwork that just takes yeah, forever especially to get with the uh, pandemic still going on. So, and then I guess we'll touch. I guess the other main piece of my article is about you know obviously everyone saw the Devils claimed Arendelle off of waivers from the Maple Leafs yesterday. So I think it's pretty obvious given Dell's track record in the NHL that he's going to be the number two goaltender behind Blackwood once he clears his seven-day quarantine. And he needs to get a visa too because he's coming from Canada, although I, I, I imagine it won't take as long as getting one from Sweden or Finland. Uh, Dell numbers in the NHL have been pretty good for the most part aside from the 2018-19 season where he had like an 86 save percentage or something like that. Uh, the Sharks were absolutely awful last season, especially defensively, but he still had a 907 save percentage. So he was pretty good on a really bad team, and he was even better than Martin Jones last year. Like, it wasn't really close. So, you know, I've, obviously Dell is not the backup that Corey Crawford, you know, was. I mean, that's – I think that's pretty – that much is obvious, but he's pretty capable. And, like, now you were thinking when Crawford retired, like, oh, well, what are the Devils going to do? Are they going to play Eric Comrie? Are they going to play Scott Wedgwood? But it's pretty obvious that Dell is going to get those minutes now, and he should be able to give them competent goaltending when they need to give Blackwood a night off. I mean, I said it yesterday, and I, I think we might should you all agree it that an area of weakness when Crawford left has become, you know, it's not as weak anymore. It's it's definitely improved. Yeah, it's for sure. Point. And even maybe Comrie, I mean, he's young. He's got good numbers in the AHL. So maybe if he gets minutes in Binghamton, he can maybe he has a, a future getting some minutes as well. I like the addition. I I like the Arendelle addition. I don't see anything wrong with it. Alex, I know you and I were talking, and we were saying how it was an excellent pickup, and like this is who they were. They would have claimed if Toronto would have put them on waivers that day before the season started. But like everybody yeah. went on waivers. Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious. Even I think was it uh, Elliot Friedman in that week's edition of Thirty One Thoughts? I think it was Elliot Friedman who said. Uh, the Maple Leafs didn't want to put Dell on waivers because they were worried about the Devils claiming him, and they ended up having to put him on waivers. And well, look what happened. So, yeah, 
that's a little Nostradamus for you. Yeah. Yeah. Is there um, is there anything else? Well, you guys I have want a touch. I on? had a recap of the first two games for the Puck Authority, so I'm gonna. I'm actually in the process of doing uh, the one for tonight's game, so I'm in the middle of doing that after we hang up and just did a little heads up hockey episode earlier uh, yesterday. So uh, basically, getting a little everything done in one shot, basically. I mean, look, Devils have, you know, they've looked good three games. They're they're going to be a pesky team to play against this year, uh, especially if they keep this up. Um, Sharon Govich, what can I say? I mean, great way to get your first goal yeah. the other night. Uh, 1.7 seconds in overtime, left in overtime, score goal. Great pass by Severson. Great outlook by uh, Palmieri to get that thing started. Uh, but the story... Uh, besides Jack Hughes' McKenzie, uh, McKenzie Blackwood's play for the Devils has been unbelievable. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see what, what if it keeps carrying. It's still three games again, but, you know, against teams that are expected to do good things in the East Division, and now you have to deal with a pesky Devils team the whole year, they could make some noise. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but they could definitely spoil – a lot of teams hope turn some heads. Playoffs. Like you said, Jim Blackwood for me. Hey, Absolutely, I've I made the bet. Yeah, I should I do it now. I'm I'm guessing those odds are getting a little you know worse. So. Smaller. Yeah, smaller. But uh, I mean, yeah. The... It's still, I think it's still pretty good. Yeah. I look at the numbers. Yeah, I'll I'd definitely take a look at myself on like DraftKings or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's the storyline right now, Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, the Devils played well their first two games tonight. Not as much, but yeah. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to be in the Vezina conversation when the season's over. There's no reason why he can't be. I mean, everybody talked. I mean, we talked. We've touched about this before. I don't really think we need to have yeah. a long discussion again. But everybody talks about Carter Hart and you know he his name being thrown around as Vezina. I mean. I don't understand why Mackenzie Blackwood's not in that same conversation. Yeah, I agree there. I think he's if he keeps playing like this, you know, he's going to start getting people's attention, so he'll get in that conversation. So, are there any other people out there that want to put some money on this podcast, especially sponsor us with this uh, <laughs> wonderful content that we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll find, find out. out. I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Really what soon. are the odds, Jim? Um, right now, <laughs> just put, just put just put an odd, and so we'll put a dollar on it. <laughs> yeah, well, talk to Vegas. They hey, I, I mean, I'd, I'd take a dollar for this. Yeah, I take it. Yeah, a couple bucks, yeah. you know, something like that. It's all worth it because then Jake will have extra money for uh, watching the Bills. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be jacked up. Uh, what are you gonna Sunday. do, Devils and Islanders? And then well, I'm assuming the Bills will be playing at the same time as that game on Sunday, right? <laughs> uh, are they the early game? No, no, it will not. No, they don't. They don't got the early game. I'll leave the Devils game until uh, either we don't play the following. We don't play the following. No, Saturday, they, do we? yeah, they're off that Monday. Yeah, so I won't 
I'll uh, I'll probably watch the Bills game and like I get updates to my phone and then if they win I'll I'll rewatch it the next day. If not, forget <laughs> it. Just burn the tape. Forget it. Yeah. Burn Just the, burn the tape. That's it. Burn the DVR. <laughs> but right. but after the yeah, Devils play the Islanders, uh, they will be at home hosting the Philadelphia Flyers, and I'm sure Mark Recchi wants to get some points against the Flyers. Yeah, that should be. Pretty good, but two games at home against the Flyers, right? So won't get any easier yeah. from here on out. It's not. This division is tough. Right, so. I, that doesn't. That doesn't. That just about does it for me. I don't know if you guys got anything else to add. I got nothing else. I yeah. think we're. Good. I think we're ready. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right, that'll conclude another episode of Raising Hell in Jersey podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Shake Wakely. Hello. We got my co-host, Jersey Joe. And our two special guests, Jim What's and going Alex. On? Up? Until, until next time. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils. Let's go Let's Devils. Go devils.